All right, welcome to another what is sure to be riveting episode of GWH TV Talk on the Georgia Wrestling History Network. Uh, if you're here, you've probably figured out GWH News and Notes. is the place to go for the latest in classic Southern history from Georgia, the Carolinas, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, as well as to catch up on the indie shows. And, and if you look at their calendar, you can even find out what shows are coming around through the area for NXT, WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, pretty much anything having to do with wrestling. And uh, just like Peach State Pandemonium, and the various other shows they have on Tuesday and Thursday nights. We are now the new addition to Friday nights, a companion to the only, the only TV video show on the Georgia Wrestling History Network. That would be GWH TV. So I am Stoney, John Stoney Cannon. Usually the guy doing all the talking at the top is Stevie J or Kenny J, most of the time, Kenny J. But. Kenny is uh, busy in uh, a decaffeinated state, as we shall say. So, uh, and so uh, some some of us got to be a little bit indie. Some of us every once in a while have to delve a little bit into the corporate side of things. And he is taking care of the corporate business, which is good because I effing hate the corporate side. So, But I am delighted to say that just like last week, I'm being joined by a great group. First off, let me introduce high school coach, former wrestling referee. He likes to talk. He likes to talk wrestling. Likes to talk sports. If you catch him on Facebook, he likes to talk live quite often. And that's Will Wheeler. What's up, Will? What's up? What's up? What's up, Will? And then once again, also joining us, the guy who promotes rock and roll shows. Or at least what he thinks is rock and roll. I might not always agree. <laughs> he loves NASCAR. He loves wrestling. He might even have done a little bit of wrestling here and there. Or something. I don't know. But whatever. But anyway. Um, formerly Rock Show Booking. Was that the right name? It was. It was Rock Show Booking. Um, has worked with some, uh, some, pretty, bringing some pretty big names to the Augusta, Georgia area. Uh, still does some big shows, and we are once again at his house watching wrestling on TV. Give it up for Michael Garrett. Hello, as the bottom drops out outside the studio. Yep. <laughs> is, what, what, is that what's going on? The rain. Thing. All yep, right. Rain. It's raining again. It's raining. Here comes the rain again. Glad we got a new roof up there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, what we are going to do is uh, we are going to... Uh, uh, our first show was a little bit long because we were we were kind of just talking, having fun. We're going to streamline a little bit more this time, kind of keep it down. Um, but uh, we are going to kind of follow the whole history and make it a good companion to the video show. 
And uh, if you just saw a recent video show, it was the Great American Clash, kind of like a play on the Great American Bash. So uh, this show, July 7th, 2017, and we are going to start off with, uh, you guys want to wish, uh, wish some birthday wishes for the week coming up, since we can't be here every day to wish the birthdays, right? Right. So, um, but we are going to send virtual, let me see. All guys, we're going to send out virtual birthday lap dances. How about Paige virtual lap dances? Mm. I mean, oh, she's yeah. a free agent, right? Yeah. yeah. Could be. <laughs> so, and, and we know that she can be pretty freaky. Mm. So, we're going to send Paige out virtual lap dances to, let's see, be Kevin Nash. Big sexy. Ah, I was in <laughs> Vinny Vegas formerly. There you go. There you go. Uh, WCW. We are going to talk about him a lot more later in the program in our main event segment. Um, speaking of somebody that probably could use a page lap dance since um, he lost his smoking hot chick a long time ago. How about Mark Merrow, also known in our area as Johnny B. Bad? Oh, wow, yeah. Now he's mo- who is now a motivational speaker. Getting Believe paid. in your dreams. Getting paid pretty good for that too. Goes to schools. Yeah, that's good. So, somebody we mentioned last week when we were talking about people that have popped up in the last year or two uh, in wrestling and WWE. Shelton Benjamin, South Carolina. Oh, yeah, happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday. birthday! So and we're Minnesota Golden Gopher. Yeah. And we're still kind of hoping. That he makes his way back. Yeah, I doubt it. So, and here's one. Probably the biggest name that we are going to throw out a birthday page party dance lap thingy to of all. You guys ready? You're going to be excited about this. Especially you, Mike. You love 90s music. You're going to love this guy. Ready? Let's give it up. Happy birthday page lap dance to Johnny Grunge. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Public enemy, shoot a kid. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. Actually, that'd be perfect, Paige, in that guy. There you go. Especially on the cheat a kid gimmick. Yeah. So, so happy birthday to all our guys for this week. I'm sure there's some more, but these are the ones that we reached out and we grabbed and put on our list because we thought they were most deserving because they have spent time in the South, which is where we are based. Uh, the the website is mainly uh, centered out of Atlanta, but we are in, well, we're we're centered in Augusta, Georgia, but we are currently now in Evans Martinez. We're just considered Grove Town. Martinez. 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 Martinez is big. Yeah. I live like eight miles from you, and I live in Martinez. Yeah, and I'm the same way too. Yeah. I'm a little further than that. Yeah, well, that Martinez is really huge. Um, Martinez in the house. It's That's right. Spread out a little, like a like a like page. <laughs> hey, and, when you, and when you said that uh, she was a free agent, she's a free agent more ways than one this week, I think. Yeah. That is true, yeah. So I hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's cool because, uh, you know, we can keep it real and we can keep it for her and, you know, it's all good, you know. So we would also like to wish not only good lap dance, but hey, um, how about some virtual gift certificates to Taco Bell? Yeah, they can do that. I could see it with some uh, fire sauce. I think Paige. I think Paige would dig that. Arriba, right? Mm. When did Tina Sotana come in here? I mean, come on. She does like Mexican. So yeah, she's a big fan of that. So, 
All right, so we are going to jump right in. Uh, right off the bat, in our opening bell, we are going to uh, we are going to turn the pages of today, July seventh, in GWH history. What do you guys think happened today? There's only a couple things. Today day or today in history? July 7th in history. 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 And the hint will be if you look somewhere in the room right now. Could it be something... It's definitely wrestling related. Uh, I see... It looks like red, white, and blue... Could it be a Great American Bash, possibly? Great American Bash. What year? 291. There you go. 291. 91. 91? 90, 91, something like that. So, yes, like over 25 years ago, on the day this show comes out, if you're listening to this in archive like three, four days or a month later, just, just bear with us. WCW NWA presented the Great American Bash from the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Boy, a lot of thought went into the name of that arena. You know what I mean? So, uh, NWA, WCW, uh, kind of right before the split. Um, I believe the uh, about 10,000 in attendance, about 200,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. And uh, that's reported to be up by almost 150,000 homes from 1989. And it was tagged a new revolution. That's right. Don't read anything into that, but you said it was right before the split. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, a new revolution. So, and, and, and we already have ponytails right here as we're watching. So, <laughs> but... Um, and glitter. And glitter. And lipstick. So, lipstick. And, 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 and the Nitro Girls aren't even around yet, I don't think. I, I don't really, really recall. So, but check this out. Like, the first three matches. Brian Pillman over Buddy Landell. Mike Rotunda over the Iron Sheik, one of our favorites. And Doug Furness over Dutch Mantel. Doug Furness, the aka the world's strongest man. <laughs> yeah. For them. Yeah, yeah. For them. So, but there are also some other really, really cool matches, including a couple that made our list from the last show. But uh, but here's some interesting ones. Doom, Ron Simmons and Butchery. Great tag team. Damn. Great tag. Yeah. They defeated Ricky and Robert. <laughs> The Rock and Roll Express to re- retain the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Now this one almost could be straight out of, you could almost call this, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, that you can almost talk, this is WWF versus NWA. So how's this? Paul Orndorff, the Junkyard Dog, and El Gigante went over Sid Vicious, Arn Anderson, and Barry Windham by disqualification. Wow. Um, that's yeah. that's a crazy match. They <laughs> must have never made it to WWE or F. Oh, I think they all did. But I'm thinking the well, just from the names mentioned, everybody talks about JYD and Orndorff and uh, Elgante as as a whole new gimmick, but the same yeah. idea. Yeah, exactly. 
And then, yeah, and Arn had his little brief run. Barry had a couple little runs in WWE. And then uh, Sid Vicious actually won their championships somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like I said. Well, yeah, because well, because I think Wyndham was uh, Wyndham actually was uh, one half of the tag champs at one time in WWF, and at the same time, Arn and Tully did Arn Tully Tully go to WWE for a while, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, check this out. Classic rematch. Well, I don't know if the rematch was classic. You know, we call that, but. But one of the uh, most well-known matches in the history of the NWA, but in this case, Harley Race over Tommy Wildfire Rich. Yeah. Wow, and so. just just the just the fact that Tommy, just the fact that they were older, and it was ten years after the fact that it, it still was a pretty decent match. Granted, it had to be quicker because of the pay-per-view, but still was a decent match. And, and really good finish. Tommy comes off the top rope, does the press. And good old Harley rolls him over for the one, two, three. And and we were it was funny, we were watching earlier and we were talking about Harley was getting up there, but I still wouldn't mess him. You see at the beginning of the match, he was kind of doing the Lesnar dance. That yeah. He was kind of doing this boxing dance around the ring. I mean he he had some stuff. He still had some oh, stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't so, mess with yeah. him today, like I said before the show. I wouldn't mess with him today. Alright. Making his WCW Debut over Tom Zink, Big Van Vader. Yeah. Actually, we're watching that match on mute whenever the show come on, and that was uh, one of his quicker matches, but made an impact with that match. And when he left, I think everybody knew his name. Yeah, yeah he squashed he squashed Tom Zink, this bodybuilder guy, and was part of the Can Am Connection, and just what just apparently had tag team partners that ate his guts. <laughs> well, you know, and and how many people are so fortunate to be given that opportunity? Hey, right off the bat, your debut is going to be like at an important pay per view, yeah. and you're going to win. And they put a lot into his entrance. You could like a lot, <laughs> especially that helmet. Yep. Yeah, what helmet. a helmet! That was like the whole body. I, I still to <laughs> to this day not really sure what the whole point of the helmet is was, yeah, but it was still kind of cool. And is it on eBay? Who knows? All right, so here we go. The match we are watching. The Glitter Birds. The Free Birds, sorry. Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes. And um, can, I, can I give it away, guys? They are going to fall short to the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner. And this was uh, before all the multicolored facial hair. Yes. And, and yes. stuff. They were still, you know, kind of like, we're from Michigan. We're college dudes. Still wearing the <laughs> wrestling strap. Yeah, this is before any kind of booty or anything. Yeah. yeah. And Rick actually looks like Rip, the best he's ever looked in his career right here. Like his definition and everything is great. And when you, and you, and you think, it, look, at, look at Rick Steiner, what he's doing now outside of wrestling. He's actually done all right outside of the business. I mean, he was he's a member of the uh, Cherokee County School Board. And he's a big real estate person up there, land developer. So he's doing all right for himself up there. So he's in Woodstock, Georgia. So you ever go up through Woodstock, Georgia? Look up Rick Steiner. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, here's an interesting one. Lex Luger defeats 
Mean Mark Callis to retain the NWA United States Championship. Hmm. Would Mark have stayed if he won? Hmm. Is that his first? This is first Grand American Bash, right? Yeah. You think if they put him over that he might have stayed? That's a question that we've been all wanting to know for years. (laughs) They didn't utilize him too well. Yeah. But I think he did Suburban Commando not long after that either, as well. Yeah. So. It's kind of hard to tell. I mean, you know, at the time, you had had a company that had a lot of big men. And it's easy to get lost in a whole gaggle of big guys. It is. Whereas they, they sent him to the competition and he comes out that first event and you're just like what in the world is that now looking back now the outfit and everything just kind of looks like oh that's kind of cheesy but back then I don't know about you guys how old you guys are younger than me but I know I was I was not maybe not quite an adult and I remember thinking man that dude is big yeah and scary I look back now and I was like is 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 he dressed in purple I think maybe so. All right, and then we had two matches that made our top ten lists of Great American Bash matches on the last show. We have the Midnight Express, Dennis Condry and Stan Lane defeating the Southern Boys, Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong, to retain the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. An impressive foursome. Uh, all, all, all rooted in the South. They never really went past the South. Just great talent. I mean, just the names alone and who they trained was just phenomenal with that group. All solid wrestlers. Yes, um, for sure. You know, Steve from a pretty, pretty decent family. So it's a pretty good. And the other one, of course, was up at the top of our top ten list. Sting. Defeating Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And if I remember correctly, that was his very first. And now, years later, Sting is a multi-Hall of Famer and multi-Halls of Fame. Exactly. And that match was the setup for the many people that bought this pay-per-view. Yep. The drawback. And I still remember my first time watching it was on VHS. Somebody recorded it, and I watched it. (laughs) Yeah. Pay-per-views were hot, baby. Sure. Before we get too far away from it, um, one of these matches, Stoney, that you just mentioned, uh, I didn't know until today because Will told me um, was Zeb Coulter. And I won't ruin it since Will told me. I'll let you divulge that. Uh, you can go ahead, Michael. No, I'm good. No, <laughs> but go it was the furnace match, the Doug Furnace match. Yeah, I had mentioned he was the world's strongest man, and he had, but later on he became phenomenal in Japan. I had no idea. But then when he said it, I'm like, Oh, girl, that is exactly him with darker hair. Yep. Zeb Coulter. Dutch, That's right. Dutch Mantel. Crazy. So, pre, uh, pre-scooter. Yeah. So, do you know what he did in between that time? That he came back to TV and... He, he did he did quite a bit of uh, Smoky Mountain and... Yeah. Uh, and, and he was a booker for he was a booker for WWC in Puerto Rico. I didn't know that. And he was... He's very, on very, he actually was did some booking for TNA. Hmm. I know he'd come out and talk. I knew he was uh, in TNA, but yeah. I didn't know he was behind the scenes. He was Booker. And, very, and probably one of the better Bookers out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's worked with quite a few wrestlers too. Yeah. Over his the last years. stint in WWE lasted like a day. So <laughs> not sure. And and we we also can't forget uh, that Dutch Mantel is probably one of the. Um, Maybe second only behind Jim Cornette as far as producing his own various podcast talk shows on the internet. Yeah. Um, he's done quite a few. So, um, I don't remember. They, they have some pretty catchy names. But anyway, so. Alright, so pretty solid lineup. Do you think with a lineup like that, do you think uh, 10,000 in attendance and 20,000 homes watching on pay-per-view were happy? Uh, after Sting one, I think they were happy. Nobody really hated Flair, I don't think. Mm-mm. You know, um, but Sting was just coming. He was the Hogan of the NWA WCW. Oh yes, and then he he the angle six months prior to him winning the title, he gets tapped in the cage. The knee he has the knee injury, yeah. and then they yeah. rally around him, and then the sympathy happens, and therefore Sting wins the title. Yeah, he paid his dues. If you ask me, there you go. No, without a doubt. So, out of all the wrestlers on this lineup, if you were to pick the most interesting out of every wrestler that competed on this lineup, that's tough. I would go with Ron Simmons. I've always found him to be super interesting from really? college days to his wrestling career and how he went tag team, then he went by himself, actually, he became the first African American to win. The championship yep. went back to the tag team thing. Just had a lot of success this whole time. And then uh, he did a thing on the network where he come back after how many years and sat down with JBL and it was the most watched uh, JBL yep. show. Oh, yeah. It was the most viewed over the network. So people love that guy. And me included. Uh, Mark Calloway. I mean, when you looked at him, he was a solid big man. Had solid big guy runs throughout South Territories and all, but... What he later becomes, I don't know if anybody had thought this guy would have been one of the top, biggest names ever in wrestling history. True. Mm-hmm. True. Over, like, nobody else. So, so really surprised that neither one of you, I'm sure if Joe would, was here, he would have jumped right into where I'm, I'm going. I'm surprised neither one of you, as far as interesting, picked the Iron Sheik. Uh, well, I, he's very interesting, but... Um... Or do, you, or do you think the whole stick is a little bit over overplayed now? No, not really. I thought it was pretty good. And um, it just, at that point, by this pay-per-view, it, it had been played. You kind of knew, you kind of... Well, by, by the whole stick, I mean, like, like up till now. Yeah, well... You know, I mean, the the the, 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 the outrageous interviews, <laughs> the the, uh, the documentary that came out like a year ago or whatever. The angry old man next door. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Well, I mean, they can't all be Arn Anderson, or excuse me, Ole Anderson. So, <laughs> yeah, Lord um, knows he's grateful. And I think the Sheik, I think maybe at that time, probably why we weren't so interested, because the Sheik was probably getting beat by Rotundo offering him, I want, you want my medicine. Yeah. I got my good medicine. You want my medicine. <laughs> he was probably trying to offer Rotundo his medicine. I'm thinking, just because I've had a chance to kind of like hang out with him on a few occasions, I'm thinking Tommy Rich. And the reason I'm thinking Tommy Rich is is uh, yet somebody what we were talking earlier trained by Jerry King Lawler and who else he had multiple people uh, involved in his was. training yeah um and then uh, actually started off you know because we were talking about you know it's not odd he's from Tennessee and then you know Georgia you know he pretty much stayed in the South 
not just when we remember him, but I mean like doing indie shows mm-hmm. as most recent as he wrestled. You know, I mean, um, I find it interesting because you know I've I've experienced him backstage just a few years ago, and it, <clears throat> different to say the least. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, and uh, I've I've actually heard him sing his entrance theme music into a mic really loud after a match in a bar that's pretty interesting um and but one thing i can say tommy wallfire rich may have lost the waistline but he hasn't lost the hairline that's good because so many people have (laughs) yep especially when you mentioned jimmy garvin with the glitter and the lipstick and the makeup he doesn't have any hair now nope tell him pally (laughs) <laughs> All right, so that is our little bit brief look back at the Great American Bash, uh, one of the early ones, one of the early event ones. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to take a short little break, kind of let you know about uh, where you can find cool stuff GWH related. And when we come back, we'll have some more fun talking. Cool? Cool. Alright, see you in a minute. Hey guys, this is Stoney from GWH TV. If you're like me and dig your wrestling old school and from the South, check out Georgia Wrestling History Online for archives, current area indie shows, and results, plus cool discussions on GWH Radio. Just visit gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com. Georgia Wrestling History, capturing the legends of yesterday and covering the stars of today. You wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest classic wrestling in the world. GWH on the Georgia Wrestling History Network. Classic matches, classic look, just classic. Check us out on the GWH website and at facebook.com backslash GWHTV. All right, welcome back. Back once again, GWH TV Talk. I am Stony co-host, but Kenny J is not in the house this week. He's uh, getting all corporate and caffeinated, but once again, have Will, have Mike, and we are going to talk some more. We've talked some history. We are talking about some big men. We are talking about the guy that would soon to become the Undertaker. Well, what do you guys think about this? in our Made in the South match. And I, I know this sounds familiar for those of you who watch GWH TV because we, it kind of goes together. How about big? And, and, and years later, he didn't seem as big as he did when I first saw him. But the subject of this week's Made in the South, King Kong Bundy. Huge amazing talent. I mean, he was one of those that was a southern boy as my favorite King Kong Bundy besides his up north stuff was seeing old world class uh, matches when he had hair. And his match with Fritz Von Erich, his retirement match great match. Very good match. It's worth watching. And I I kind of find it it interesting. We were talking earlier, we were looking up information that uh, that I want to say in the same sentence, one of them, I think, Mike, you said, you said, man, King Kong Bundy was killer. About the same time I said, yeah, and you know, he was kind of co-named after Ted Bundy. 
<laughs> oh yes, that's, that's yeah. So pretty, pretty interesting. And, and we were actually watching a match earlier, and that's what we do. <clears throat> we sit around, we watch wrestling, we we we, we drink soda pop, and we we we, we just talk. You know what I mean? Yep. So we are watching a match earlier. King Kong Bundy. Talk about big men. King Kong Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow. Talking about big. Yeah. Like the people that were making the ring when they went into the building. I'm sure they were like, hey, King Kong Bundy, Bam Bam, y'all do that right. Yep. We got to extra enforce the ring tonight. There you go. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, the whole idea of two big guys is kind of... Makes you kind of yawn, like oh, yeah, big guy, this gonna be so yeah, 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 whatever, right? I mean, case in point, Lesnar Goldberg, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? Like yawn, you know, forty-eight okay. seconds long, right? You know, let's. So, but we're talking about two guys who could go in the ring, and and one guy in particular that was a big cog and a big force, and later on. In, in the building the legend, helping to build the legend of Hulk Hogan as beating these giant men. True. Oh, yeah. I, he was the first big man I remember. Um, I do remember <clears throat> as a kid, like he was first, somehow he came across my screen before Andre the Giant did, somehow, because, uh, you know, I think Andre had probably already been up to WWE. And we were still watching the Southern stuff. So it was the first one I remember for sure. And then you alluded to earlier, one of the coolest things was demanding the five count. That just oh, yes. kind of added to his character. He was a badass. Um, I remember Big John stud a little bit, but then when I seen King Kong Bundy, Big John wasn't so big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like King Kong Bundy's just uh, freaking huge. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Which, you know, a lot of people think of the five count as a WWF thing. But he actually started doing that. What uh, Memphis? Maybe he started doing that well before then. So and, and and let me see if I can pull pull this up. We were another thing that we were laughing about is 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 you know we love wrestling. That doesn't mean we're wrestling pros. So it's always fun to pull up information. And of, of course, you know we all know that uh, we all know that Wikipedia is all real and true and everything, right? Yep. So, one hundred percent, a plethora of information. And if it's wrong, somebody will edit it and make it right. There exactly. you go. So, um, and it's edited by various people. Now, now, one thing we know, you had mentioned WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling. Um, that that's pretty much the beginning points for King Kong Bunny. But, but, but check out. I I, I like this. You know, he was. Just, these names Big Daddy Bundy Boom Boom Bundy Chris Cannon Chris Canyon where have we heard that before no. Crippler Cannon King Kong Bundy and Man Mountain Cannon which I'm cool with the Man Mountain Cannon thing because my last name's Cannon but but how's this build height Six feet four inches, build weight four hundred and fifty-eight pounds. That's huge. Now you ready for this? Are you guys ready? Here's something fun. Can you imagine this person put him through the ropes 
training him. In the ring, showing him the moves. Larry Sharp. The Monster Factory. No. So, I mean, um, uh, discovered, developed by the Von Erichs. I mean, did they, did they like, how many people did the, the Von Erich family actually like pull in Make. and, and create <laughs> and help pull create? Over. You know, everybody's kind of like, oh, it's all, it was all about their boys. Well, you know, you can't have, it takes two to dance. You can't have heroes. You can't have, you can't have faces without good opponents. So, I mean, Really, really cool stuff. So, and actually, for those who don't know, Bundy was Fritz von Erich's opponent at his 1982 retirement match at the Fritz von Erich Retirement Show held at Texas Stadium. Texas Stadium. This is 1982. This is before WrestleMania. These guys are at Texas Stadium for an event. Yeah, no, they've sold it out in the rain before. The Von Erichs in the main event with Flair, I believe it was. Yep. Um, and that's not the only time. Like, Texas Stadium welcomed Mr. Von Erich to do stuff there. Uh, he would kill it. Mm. It would, I mean, it's hard to sell out Texas Stadium now, or what's it called now? Um, I don't know. Something uh, corporate stadium. Uh, something yeah. corporate. Gillette. <laughs> yeah. Something like it, that. No, AT&T. AT&T, AT&T something Sonya, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Whatever it is. It's hard to sell it. Like, it has to be a WrestleMania to sell that out. And back in the day, they were they were putting asses in seats very well. As a matter of fact, I would say the Von Erics may be the king of promotions, in a sense. Uh-huh. Um, they they <laughs> were great. We were talking recently, uh, um, yeah. outside of the show... Uh, we had uh, all of us have recently watched the rise and fall of WCW, and um, I ain't seen it in a while. And when you watch, was it Kevin? I just, how one person can sit down and actually talk about that even years later, and when he's talking, when they're showing footage of those kids, like eight millimeter footage of them as yeah. kids, and he's talking about, I couldn't do that. I don't care how important the history is. Someone else would have to tell that story. I couldn't sit there and tell you about what what me and my brothers that are no longer around could have done. So, I think um, that guy's had to talk about that a few times, probably. Yeah, he has. It's been crazy. But at the same time, somewhere along the way, it might have ended up being good good for him. Yeah. So, but not to get off subject, King Kong Bundy. Y'all remember the Bundy versus Bundy? No, I don't think I heard this really? Yeah. Bud Bundy and oh, Al Bundy. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, oh yeah. That was huge. <laughs> yeah. How many wrestlers of that day and age were making it into primetime TV? None. Like, you had to be Hogan. You know, yep. at that time. Yeah. He was good. And I just remember that. Um, and, he, and I remember a, a couple computer, like, I think he was the spokesman for IBM. For yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I saw a couple of ads. He's sitting at the yeah. computer, and he's like, mm, so. That's when computers, I mean, were like DOS. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was complicated. And, and they were about as big as that uh, table. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty huge, so. True. All right, well, I mean, you know, big piece of hardware for a big individual. Yeah. He was well-known, though. I mean, uh, he was... Uh, he come to be like a pop culture kind of guy, you know. Yes, what I mean, did. I don't know how. I mean, his size, obviously, but um, was he on Rock and Wrestling? I believe he was. Might have been an interesting cartoon, Rock and Wrestling. Yeah, sure. I think he was. I think you know on the you let's see what they should do on the WWE Network. They should have a little Bundy on 
Camp WWE or whatever it's called. That'd be kind of cool. They should. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's done voice work, as a matter of fact. He has. Yeah. Seen that on a podcast you were telling me about earlier. All right. So, Made in the South. So, any particular matches that you recall? I mean, of course, everybody knows about, you know, the the the, the run with him and Hogan. Because, yeah. you know, everybody in the... Um, Everybody in in the stable, the brain stable, yeah. Hogan, Big John Stud. Oh yeah, they, they all. It was like a rotation. You know what I mean? It was it was like it was like a, it was like Hogan had to like go to a theme park and and, and oh this I'm gonna go on this ride I'm gonna go on this ride I'm gonna go on this ride exactly. So I mean, that's a good analogy. Very good. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but so. If if here you go, we we got we got to leave it with something. If um, if we are gonna pull out of the air, the ultimate opponent for King Kong Bundy of any time or of any era. time, and we can put it in history and boom, make it happen in history. Do you can go back on the network or whatever and watch this match that may or may not have ever happened? What would it be? And don't say Lesnar. No, I'd say Strowman before Lesnar, and I wouldn't say that. But um, I'll probably go back to um, some of the more tougher dudes. Uh, they don't have to necessarily be his, as big as him. Um, Harley Race? True. True, Harley Race would have been good. Somebody as fierce as uh, Haku or something like that, just yeah. known to be... Hmm. Um, yeah, something like that. And, and Strowman would be okay, but that would be kind of a tit for tat. They they almost look identical. Although Bundy's definitely taller than him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Who would you say, Will? Oh, Lesnar? Um, no, I'm not going to say <laughs> Lesnar, but I, I'm going to have to go... Uh, I'd have to go older. I don't know. It's just out of the blue, and I'm thinking because of the theme earlier today. Gorgeous George? No, I'd like to see him in Harley Race. There you go. That'd be good. In the race, I mean, just two, t- just two tough guys going at it. It's kind of amazing they never ended up uh, in a main event somewhere. Well, you know, both for the most part pretty much heels. So, but you know, think about it. That could be like a good cigar on a pole match. <laughs> All right. You know, can you see one of them? Oh, Burmese or whatever. I don't care. It doesn't hurt. You Man, put some nicotine on a pole. I kind of got to put my money on Harley. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a pack on a pole. Ding! Where'd he go? <laughs> He's under the ring smoking. <laughs> All right. So that was our Made in the South segment. King Kong Bundy, a big guy, big king. I see. We could have gone there too. You know, King versus King. True that. So we could have done that. I mean, so they they probably yeah. a few times. So. All right, well, we are going to take a few minutes, and we are going to uh, let you hear some information about how you can find out some cool stuff. And uh, while we are doing this, um, this will give Mike a chance to uh, go to the restroom and uh, pee in a Cena cup, and we'll be all really, really good. So we will be right back. Hey, guys, this is Stoney from GWH-TV. If you're like me and dig your wrestling old school and from the South, check out Georgia Wrestling History Online for archives, current area indie shows, and results, plus cool discussions on GWH Radio. Just visit gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com. 
Georgia wrestling history, capturing the legends of yesterday and covering the stars of today. You wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest classic wrestling in the world. GWH on the Georgia Wrestling History Network. Classic matches, classic look, just classic. Check us out on the GWH website and at facebook.com backslash GWH TV. Welcome back once again, GWH TV talk on the Georgia Wrestling History Network. The companion to GWH TV, the weekly video show that you can watch on YouTube. That's all classic, all the time. And it's all Georgia, Carolinas, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, um, all places where you can get grits, go to Waffle House, and see some really bad tattoos. And, and probably some mullets, like the ones that are on TV right now. So, but anyway, once again, uh, not with me, Kenny J. He is, like I said, corporate caffeinating today. But once again, Will Wheeler and Michael Garrett. Um, and the only reason I call him Michael is because that's his Facebook name, and I don't want him to get mad because, you know, he's been working out. His tattoos are getting bigger. <laughs> so otherwise, I'd be like, Mikey. So, and actually, both of these guys are, it looks like they've been working out pretty good. Maybe we're going to get you guys, like, in a wrestling match for one of the upcoming video episodes. I think he works out more than I do. Oh, I know I'm he just, works out I'm more just than you do. To live I've seen him at the gym. I uh, see. I don't do the whole gym thing. No, he, I he weights. And oh, stuff. dude, he's he's got the whole the routine. I mean, the faces and everything. It's like seventies porn watching him work out. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like Rocky meets uh what's the what's the 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 the, the really hairy porno guy from the 70s that does like the late night info movie? jeremy jeremy yeah it's like a cross between <laughs> that with muscles so all right well we are going to break straight in and what we are going to do is is we are going to give you guys a little preview of the upcoming gwh tv and you know we on the, on that show we do a segment called gcw on gwh tv the gcw stands for Georgia Championship Wrestling, and we follow it month by month. And currently, we are going to be in July 1980. And we kind of glossed over this earlier, watched some of it. And uh, some interesting interviews. Uh, we have Austin Idol and Kevin Sullivan at the, at the interview table together. Wahoo McDaniel, this is interesting, introduces... This is your life, Tommy Rich, featuring uh, appearances by Lawler, teaming up with Rick Martell, Tommy Rich's mom, all kinds of cool stuff. And I, I mean, his actual mom, that's not a derogatory term. Right. I'm, I'm not ragging or anything. So, picture. Recently, they just had a really bad This Is Your Life on WWE. Yeah. In the Divas, right? Okay. Hey, it was horrible. The only thing worse was the ball thing. That was not balls. That, that was Bailey thing? yeah. The, oh, yes, what it was? you're talking about the yeah the Bailey thing. That was awful. So, if you guys were going to take part in a this is your life, Tommy Rich, and we would keep it interesting, not like the midget divas champion and Bailey <laughs> thing. <laughs> 
who would you have take part in a This Is Your Life, Tommy Rich? Because I, I, the same we watch, and you guys will get to see it on the video show. He didn't look very happy, especially when they were showing, like, his mom was showing, like, his kitty pictures. Right? But, but how would you show this to make it interesting and to maybe even make Tommy happy? You will. I'm thinking uh, you probably, even though it's, it's 1980, maybe just uh, his. I'd say his tag, probably his tag runs with Tony Atlas when they won the Georgia Tag Titles. How over the crowd was that? Probably would have been excited because then you had Tony. You could have had Tony Atlas come, and who knows what Tony Atlas would do? He said, "I'm Tony Atlas, and I love feet." <laughs> you could have that moment. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I'm not sure actually. Um, I mean, shouldn't Harley Race be in part of this? I mean, he won the championship from Harley Race and lost it back like two and a half days later. Was it really? Like, hey, well, yeah, it was, it was pretty close. It's so. a few days. But you won it in Augusta, Georgia, right here. Just saying. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe we should include like uh, the beautician who bleaches his hair. Oh, yeah. There's quite good. a few though. Like he was, he was just in the trend. Like he wasn't by himself. Yeah. Um, that one match we were watching, uh, if we were doing this is your life now, um, if somehow we could recreate that that kind of '70s looking shag carpet that was hanging around the sides of the ring in Memphis. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, just go back to that. I'm sure he would actually smile looking at how low yeah. budget that was. But um, if I was trying to make him happy and just wanted to be sure I did, I would probably just bring out his nine grandchildren. There you go. Oh, wow. What about, what about, uh, what about, uh, Miss Kitties, Atlanta, Georgia, Pauline Dangerously, Austin Idol, and the whole, I told you once, but I have to tell you again, thing, that, that, that our good friend Joe likes to say all the time. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the video is a wild-eyed southern boy's this is some 38 special song, and he's riding in the old Camaro. Huh. I mean, you've got to include that. Right. I'm actually not remembering that right now. I'm oh, God. I'm, I'm visualizing it. I'm going to have to hit my YouTube on my phone. I'm visualizing it, you know. It's and like, you see, and if that's all if that's all we prompt listeners to do, is to go, I don't remember that. Let me find it. Or go. Oh man, I vaguely remember that. I'm gonna go catch because you can go on YouTube and find <clears throat> almost all this stuff. So I would you you would mention if you if it was more recent. If it was more recent. More recent. I would say if it was from a couple years ago, I would include um, Goose Creek, South Carolina, Tommy Rich singing outside the ring. Oh my gosh! Wow, that that would be a sight to behold right there. Yeah, yeah. And well, I did, and I got to ref one of his. I ended up refereeing one of his matches in Woodstock, Georgia. Oh, nice. So, and he was he was very professional. I don't know if he had his issues, but he was very professional. Light towel worked, and then I think he actually he looked the Booker, and I, I think he may have wanted me to be. It was a two ref match actually, and we it was a little. Park brawl, and then I think Tommy was in the back, and he was looking at me. He goes, "Hi, I want that muscular referee guy." <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know, you know I, I would say if there was a video presentation, there would have to be like newer footage of him like toting that rolling luggage that he totes everywhere. Um, I remember uh, what is it used to be from Dublin. Oh uh, yeah, Dublin went to see uh, an event in Dublin, and I think this little gymnasium was probably in the ghetto somewhere. 
and there was Probably like about the National Guard armories. I don't remember. I just know that when you went inside, it was kind of like a high school gym with a little stage, right? <sighs> oh yeah. And there was like we got there early just to see where it was before we went to eat dinner. And there was like six people outside, and we we're like, damn, maybe we should come back yeah. soon. There's going to be a line. <clears throat> Well, we came back, and those same six people were the only people in line. And guess who was walking in with his little roller case? Right? And, nice. And, and here's the beauty. You'll never believe who he tagged with that night. And uh, don't. Who? Glacier. Wow. Wow. In Dublin, Georgia. In Dublin, Georgia. We all went to the Applebee's afterwards. And I will have to say, while Glacier might have been like the stiffest... By stiffing, I'm not even using wrestling terminology. Right. I mean, just like, uh, 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 uh. Russell on the face of the planet, I've got, I would have to say, hanging out with him. Dang. I will say, pleasure. being born and raised oh, in yeah. Lawrence County outside of Dublin for 19 and a half years, that if you went to Applebee's afterward, this hasn't been too long ago. Because there was not an Applebee's when I left there in 98. It's been about... Five six years. Okay, yeah, Maybe I believe it. Yeah, recently because, yeah, they just finally worked their way up to an Applebee's down there. So, so we did not go there for dinner initially. Initially, we went to Old Country Time Buffet. The buffet was longer than a house. Every bit of food food on it was fried, including I think the green beans and the apple pie. Oh wow! And there was the frog legs, it. and nothing was greasy. It's the way they do it. Yeah, they. If anybody happens, since this is Georgia related, if anybody happens to be listening and kind of close to Dublin, go to Cloverleaf Restaurant. It is the buffet Stoney is talking about. It's actually three in a row since oh, it wow. can't be so long. Yeah, but they're they're actually longer than the average in three oh, wow. of them. And nice, nice. I had a, uh, we're going to toss out a little bit of uh, viral pro wrestling uh, ring announcer Lionel Howard went with me on that and actually uh, Lionel Howard who was a very picky eater um, so he the only, didn't like the frog legs no 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 this is the odd part <laughs> this is somebody that doesn't eat anything that's like wet and white will eat lunch meat cheese bread but not a sandwich won't eat possible spaghetti but he ate frog legs frog legs are great yeah I, I can't do it dude that's a pop man can't you do it have to, you've never tried so. It tastes like chicken. No. He's so. never tried if you can't eat frog legs. No. But, and, and, and the hardest part wasn't even trying to eat them. It was looking at a plate of these little legs that were obviously legs. So, but anyway, <laughs> viral pro wrestling. The reason I bring that up, August 12th, Sweetwater Gym, Thompson, Georgia. It is uh, uh, Infection 2. It is their one-year anniversary show. Buff Bagwell will be there. Right on. Buff right on. Bagwell. So Pretty Buff good name and for Georgia. Stuff. Yeah. Anywhere in Georgia, he draws. So. Yep. And so I, read, I read for one of his matches, too. Oh, there you go. So, but, before we get off track, so, just remember, Monday, GWH online, the new episode of GWH TV, in the GCW segment, interviews with Austin Idol, Kevin Sullivan, Dusty Rhodes. Wahoo McDaniel introduces This Is Your Life, Tommy Rich, featuring some footage with Tommy in Memphis with Lawler, uh, teaming up with Rick Martell, and as well as a special appearance from Tommy Rich's mom. It's not every day you see a wrestler's mom. No, no. And, oh, no. and then the wrestler get mad. No. 
Actually, the real mom, not the scripted mom. No, no, no. And unless, here, here, just the blonde. Unless that wrestler is Buff Bagwell, or is that Shelton Benjamin? I've seen Judy Bagwell, I think, too many times. <laughs> <laughs> she may be in Thompson. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All right, so as the Jays would say, Stevie and Kenny, it is time for our main event. But let's do this right, Will. I know you can do it. Give me a main event. Just give it to me. The main event. All right. That's, that'll work. So, <laughs> all right. So, like 20-something years ago, today, <laughs> July 7th, WCW presents Bash at the Beach from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. A lot more original name than the previous one we talked about. At least it wasn't uh, the D- Daytona Beach Arena. And get this. As many as were as the last event, this one had 8,300 were in attendance. Yeah. 250,000 watching on pay-per-view, up 160,000 from 1995. That's crazy. Uh, the Bash at the Beaches, I don't think selling tickets was at all the goal. If you read the book, I mean, a lot of the events selling tickets weren't really the goal half the time anyway. Right. Especially right. the Stoiges. I haven't, but I heard if I read Bischoff's book, I would learn a lot about that. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. The, the Sturges was not at all about, what yeah. was it, Hogwild? Hogwild. Wild was not about selling tickets. It was about something totally different. So You do um, it during bike week. I don't know. You still got to make that ticket money. You know, you've got to pay everybody there. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, you know, at the time they were kind of killing WWE, and I think that was their only goal. All right. So, check out these matches. You ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Ray Mysterio Jr. defeats Psychosis. Instant classic? Yes, no? Um. Gosh, there's so many of those that are so great that I yeah. can't just throw the classic tag out on this one. But very, very, very technical and good. All right. Here's an interesting one. And and some people will be like, who? John Tenta defeats Big Bub Rogers in a Carson City Silver Dollar match. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Big oh. Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, so they were different. They, so they rehashed the whole up north angle with these two. Wow, um, and a silver dollar. How do you go about that? Do they just what? Sil- do they just get a bag of silver dollars? If you get it, you use it, you win. I mean, that's an interesting style match. I don't know. Uh, the The winner is the one who takes a silver dollar and shoves it up. Never mind. So, all right, Diamond Dallas Page defeats Hacksaw Duggan in a taped fist match. Wow, they actually had a taped fist match. All right. <laughs> We just all kind of looked at each other. Um, they had some wild matches back then. There was a lot of they like they labeled these matches. It just couldn't be matches, you know, yeah. with, a, with a fifteen minute time limit. But um, I actually remember that match, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. But they kind of didn't build that particular match up like they should because there were such bigger things going on that I'm sure we're about to get to. There you go, like the like the socks on your hands match. That that was that was the dark match, and I don't remember who was in it, but but check this out. Probably this should have been the main event. I don't care what you guys said. Say this should have been the main event. The Nasty Boys, Jerry Sags, and Brian Knobs defeat the Public Enemy, Flyboy, Rocco Rock, and Johnny Grunge, Birthday Boy, Johnny Grunge, in it. Get this, you ready? Ready? Double 
dog collar chain match. I remember that one. That oh, wow. Definitely not main event worthy to me. Oh, come on! <laughs> And I mean, it's eighty three hundred people, so they're probably, they probably they might have gotten a beer during that match. I don't know. I mean, yeah. do you think they might have gotten a beer during that match? Probably I mean, walked down to the beach to pee, and then back. I'm not sure. Uh, I, uh, was ICP in that match? Did they interrupt? Uh, were they even? <laughs> they must have been doing their dub over on a Japanese video and claiming it's their own. It's possible. All right, so this one right here, near and dear to Mikey's heart. It's one that he can't watch without getting a tear because it makes him so sad. Dean Malenko defeats Disco Eterno Inferno to retain the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And this is not to be confused with the 205 Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, anything with Disco is almost an instant classic anytime. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of those talents. He's. Doesn't get a lot of credit. Doesn't get a lot of due. I mean, he had he was a good worker. Uh, I mean, people say negative things, but I thought he looked pretty decent in the ring. Yeah, but I mean, God, he had to try to like put over like lame wrestler like Dean Malenko. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> some overrated dude like Dean Malenko. Yeah, some guy that couldn't wrestle that just used leg drops. That's it. Yeah, and then if it had been yeah. a character versus character, charisma, charisma match, I mean, come on, who would have who would have took that? Yeah, yeah. Because what, what was the man of a thousand holds? That was pretty much it for Dean Malenko? The man of one facial expression. Yeah, yeah. which was shame. Which was <laughs> nothing. Because we joke, we joke. Yeah. Excellent, we excellent in-ring worker. Excellent, excellent. All right, let's see. All right, uh, we talked about this earlier. Uh, Mike, once again, one of your favorite wrestlers, and uh, he's taken on somebody I, I've, I've really, I'm clueless, but, but Joe Gomez defeated by Steve McMichael. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. Um, Steve McMichaels, I do unfortunately, but I don't know who the other guy is. But as important as Mongo was, that's about the competition I would have put in the ring with him. I wouldn't have wasted any good talent. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to be so rude. But now, come I on, mean, you know who Joe Gomez is, don't you? Will who's Joe Gomez? I forgot that guy. I forgot that guy. We're all drawing blanks here. Exactly. It's probably some guy that didn't quite make the roster for the Bears. So, well, I know Ma- I know Mago got that Super Bowl ring and he used it as a, he used it as a gimmick, and he eventually was getting had a run with the U.S. title. Maybe Joe Gomez was the name of the briefcase he carried around. That could be it. So. Or, or maybe it was that little dog he carried around. I thought it was, it, it was it, it was a uh, Hispanic name. Yes, I just forgot what it was too. Yeah. Who knows? All right, this one is interesting. For the WCW United States Championship, Conan the Loser, you ready for this? <clears throat> the winner, Ric Flair. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, wow. United States. In the middle of the card, too. Ric that's Flair in the middle crazy. of the card. That is crazy. <clears throat> and, and again, only because there was something a little bigger this time than Flair. And that's not too often. Yeah, and it it may it was somewhere on the same card, you know. And I mean, that was just an interesting twist. I mean, it may have been one of those. We got to keep a bit. We have to have some belt on Flair. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, you would think it'd be higher a title match in Conan. I mean, come on, that's all big stuff. You do, you do. Like, yeah, uh, yeah Conan versus Flair is just as interesting as that Carlito guy versus Flair. No. no. All right. The Giant 
Homeboy, the Giant, and Kevin Sullivan defeat Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. No titles involved. Yeah. Um, that was actually a good match. Um, well, it should be. I mean, you got some good, yeah. good workers in there. Yeah, yeah it was actually oh, yeah. good. Um, I think the Giant, our hometown guy there, I think he was a little underused, you know, in the logistics of the match. Except, yeah. for, except for the girth, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of times. But... Other than that, it was very great, and I think that that put the giant over a little bit. It gave him a good rub because if you if you realize this whole pay per view and what happens at the end of it, and then not too long down the road, he's kind of involved with that. So a lot of these people are. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. By the end, everyone. So the main event, basically. Uh, The Outsiders, Hall and Nash, they're taking on Savage, Sting, and Luger. And it's crazy. You know it's huge when they put those three people that could be three main events exactly. into one match. That's right. You know it's going to be a showstop. <clears throat> and of course, there's a mystery partner who never comes out to wrestle. And we have a three-on-two handicap match, and you're wondering, is this third man ever going to show up? And then as you watch the match, uh, Hall and Nash were dominating. I mean, they were yeah, they were they dominating. Were. It was like they took out, I think they took out Sting, and I think they took out Luke, I think they took out Savage, or was it Luke? I don't remember which, but they took out somebody else. Yeah. I mean, they were dominating a two-on-three handicap match. And if you, if you go back and kind of pay a little bit of attention to the announcement, the first five minutes of the match, they keep alluding to the third person, the third person, and then they kind of just gave up on it, you know, yeah. and just didn't talk about it, and then it happened. Now, of course, now, years later, we all know what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we all know that the match itself was basically, I mean, really, the match itself wasn't really much. What happened... After the match, after it's called the no contest, is what actually made history. Right. You know. Um, and, of course, we all know that Hogan comes down to the ring supposedly to save the day and ends up being the third man. Hogan turns heel for the first time in a gazillion years. And the crowd pretty much loses their shit. Was it more surprising when you watched it back then, if you guys remember watching it live in real time, was it more surprising of who it was, or was it more surprising, you know, that he came out at the end with not much time left just to do, like, a, basically a four-minute deal? Did you think it would be bigger? I did. I thought it would be, like, <clears throat> I thought it would happen a little earlier in the whole pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. And then what's the the amazing as we know the effect was just the the whole effect that she's the third man then he drops the leg on Savage he drops the leg on Savage and then the garbage starts flying and you knew something huge happened after that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the few times I've seen Hogan in a wrestling ring, not in a movie, but in a wrestling ring or involved in wrestling where he didn't have the mustache and he looked really weird. Yeah. Well, you know what. What's interesting is you were talking about how he can't comes out for just a short yeah. minute. Leading up to that point for uh, for a good little bit of while, they kind of pulled Hogan kind of out of the mix more often because you remember for a good bit there, 
Hogan was the mix. Yeah. You know, um, so pulling him out at the last minute, you kind of thought, oh, this is them pulling Hogan back in the mix where he belongs. Mm-hmm. And then the swerve. I don't, you know, there's rumors that, that Sting was on the ready in case Hogan, Hogan changed his mind. I don't know. I don't know if Sting gets the same effect because I think people are already wanting to hate Hogan as a good guy. I think Sting doing the swerve just creates more people that like the bad guy. All right. You know what I mean? And plus, he'd been kind of featured as having an issue to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean? That 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 you can kind of pull that as oh they finally got to him, whereas they never really there was no inter, really interaction with Hogan leading up to that. They, it was just that if you were to pull somebody between those two unexpected, I, I think they were lucky that Hogan did decide. Yeah. Oh yeah, not to change his mind <laughs> or Hogan did decide that he wanted to do what they planned on Sting doing Yeah, and honestly I'll agree with you I would say that if they had to went the Sting route well I'd like to hear your take but I think that it wouldn't have taken too long before they would have had to turn Sting again Yeah, I mean just because it, it wouldn't work like that but taking um, Hogan out of that yellow and red and putting him in the black and all that that went way further yeah. Um, yeah. with everybody resonated a whole lot more as far as being a heel with the crowd, yeah, and the funny thing about the it was it was weird when they turned him black. It actually, through time, he got more cheers being in the black. Yeah. So I mean, it was a I mean, it changed this. He was this white meat, yellow, red, and then you turn him black, and you get people booing, throwing garbage. But then after a while, people start cheering because everybody loved bad guy. But but yeah. at, but at the same time, it did kind of change the dynamic of the NWO because they had become the cool yeah. thing. So. They were like these heels that were getting a great reaction, but nobody was really hating them until Hogan did join, and he did help. He did help actually pull some heat on them, at least for a little while. Um, it went good for for a few years. It went really. I mean, dude, NWO well, sure until there was t- until everybody on the roster was in the NWO. Yeah. So. And then NWO took about four different directions uh-huh. uh, with the Latino the. What else? Red Wolfpack, and then the silver with Jeff Jarrett yeah. and Scott Steiner. You Steiner's mentioned the blue and Bret Hart. Blue, yeah. Oh gosh, it just went crazy. But the NWO was was huge, and there's no denying. Well, no matter how you viewed it at the time, looking back at it, it was one of the biggest moments in coming around to modern wrestling history. No, you know, the curious question here though is, um, at the time, both WCW and WWE. The NWO wasn't the only faction. Back then, it's almost like every wrestler on both of both shows were in some kind yeah. of faction. You had the Nation of Domination. You had the, the Hart Foundation. You had Kevin Sullivan's group on his side. You had the Brood. You know, you had, you had everybody. You had um, um, Raven's Flock. I mean, you just had the family... You had all these. It would seem like everybody was in a group. There was even the yeah. uh, the one with Sable was in for a minute with the Kurgan. Oh, the yeah. Oddities. There you go. Had the Cartman tie in. Yeah. With it. yeah. So, so with all those groups, 
with all those groups you like the you had the horsemen too yeah. with all the, all those groups happening at the same time why are the NWO so hot they're not the only group in town uh, they cashed in on that um, that that dynamic that opened kind of like when uh, Stone Cold lost to Brett as a bad guy and just bleeding passed out in the sharpshooter or whatever and then became people say it was after King of the Ring but I truly think it was like that moment when Stone Cold became like the badass everyone loved to cheer they didn't care if he was a bad guy a good guy they didn't yeah. care if he slapped Vince McMahon or what they didn't care yeah. they were just kind of drawn to him and um, that's what NWO was it was kind of a uh, oh man we say the outsiders, but like the movie, the outsiders. It was yeah. kind of like that, which was cool yeah. to mm-hmm. to kind of gravitate towards. Yeah. So in, in the build up to this, I mean, you have you have Paul Nash, Billy Dollar Man, Luger. You have all this building up Monday Nitro. And you had uh, to this. No, that was after. I was going to say uh, Benoit and uh, Guerrero came at the same time, right? Yeah, they were all in that. All that was in there. They had a huge, <clears throat> huge, huge amount of talent at WCW. Yeah, they did. But, uh, I mean, as far as building up to this, yeah. for the NWO. Building up to that. You, you, had, you had those components. I guess the odd question is, is which of those components? You, and you had um, Rick Rude. Yeah. As well along the way. Wrestle, but yeah. uh. So which 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 ones which ones do you think were the most important and which ones do you think you could have done without? Out of those components leading up to this point where Hogan changed jump ship. Paul and Nash were definitely the most important. Even over oh, Hogan. Yeah. Um and I think everybody else could have been interchangeable. Oh no doubt. I don't know of anybody that was detrimental to the NWO other than those. And really, they shouldn't have added too many members. That's my yeah. thing. They, they, they yeah. my personal opinion, what they should have kept it as, they should have had Ted DiBiase as the manager, maybe Vincent, because you had to have the punk character, and then X-Pac, um, yeah. Nash, Hall, and Hogan. That's what the NWO should have stayed. Because yeah. they were more effective that way. So no Bischoff. You could have had Bischoff. You could have had Bischoff as a character swerve down the line somewhere. Yeah, he probably went either way. You know, he could have been the Vinnie Mac Stone Cold, always fusing, or it could have been the Buddy Buddy. Worst NWO character. Worst. Worst. That's a that's a tough one. <laughs> um, Fake Sting. That's a bad one, but it still drew a little money. Um, or, or let's say let's say not not out of all of them because there were too damn many. There were, but let's say out of out of the out of the first large group, you know, you had like some Steiners and you had Buff and a few out of, out of those. Virgil, you had the maybe. fake 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 Sting, out, out of that before they, before they splintered off so they can have a space for seventy five people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go with Horace Boulder, Horace Hogan, Hulk Hogan's nephew. He just really wasn't. Much of a talent. I think the NWO was only rub. I mean, yeah. he was Hulk's nephew. Yeah, he came with the package, I think. Right. Yeah. What about the Disciple? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot about that. I haven't even watched a match with him in 10 years. But, um, yeah. But he did have a good look. But I think he should have yeah. went his own way. Yeah. He would have been good for the Sturges. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so... Sure. Yeah, but, book them once a year. But okay, so I'm, I'm going to throw this out just because it's kind of related before we like cut and run, because it's kind of related to the NWO thing down the line. 
Um, worst NWO moment related, more of related to Hogan. And I'm going to throw one out there at you. And you tell me if it's the worst or if there's one that's worse. The long-awaited, long yet long-winded return of the Ultimate Warrior in WCW. Uh. Oh wow, that I think that might have cured insomnia. Just to bury him, <clears throat> and brought him back just to bury him. Um, yeah, that was terrible. Uh, I don't know if what, what's worse—the original speech or him showing up like in the mirror <laughs> and, that, and stuff he, like that yeah, with that Hulk Hogan seeing things. That was just corny. Um, yeah, that was bad. I, if I could think for a minute, because there were so many moments that that the NWO kind of soured. Um, on our last one, we did the top ten matches. We talked about the uh, the DDP Macho Man match. Yeah, and we were building up for something good. Falls anywhere. They're outside. They're in the back. They make their way back through the crowd in the ring, and you know the fans are getting ready. And then Scott Hall comes down, anticlimactic. You know, kind of takes him out. That happened a lot, and it always happened at main events to pay per views. You back in those days yeah. paid a lot of money for. I mean. Thirty-four ninety-nine is a lot of damn money back in ninety. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's two weeks worth of eating lunch at work. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know, but the Ultimate Warrior that was bad. I almost kind of mentally blocked that out of my head. But, um, All right. Is so, that a worst one. So, 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 yeah, you got a worse one. Oh, I'm thinking the Hogan for president. Oh God. I that was what in the world? I mean, he goes on Leno, has the woman's sunglasses, has the boas. I'm running for president, brother. I, he didn't give he didn't give a party affiliation. He sure as heck didn't have a platform to run for president. I mean, he would have had my vote. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, he would not have my vote. He would have had many people's vote at that point. I agree. All right, all right. So just for fun, in the order of worst to first. Former WWE guys, WWF guys, that jumped ship to WCW to renew rivalries with Hogan based on their rivalry in WCW. And these are your three. Ultimate Warrior, Roddy Piper, Bret Hart. Which one is the worst? or the From worst to first. The worst is probably Bret Hart. I agree with that because they never really did anything in the WWE. Yeah, they except never, never drew money and they, they never had a match. They never. Well, it's more based on on the WCW time. Yeah, and even if you do that Canada versus America angle, it still didn't draw money. You know, like the back back when they were doing the Canada versus the Patriot thing, drew more heads than that. So that's definitely yeah. the worst. Um, the other two, I'm not sure. I kind of I like to see Roddy. Um, I liked it when he came back. I knew it wouldn't be great. He wasn't in the greatest shape, and he needed the money. Uh, now we find out even back then he needed it for some medical stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was still pretty good. It was still. I thought it was a fairly good. Uh, I thought that was a one of his the one of the better WWE Hogan was with him and uh, Piper. They had some decent matches. They yeah. had decent matches back up north. But I thought those were some decent matches. I still remember. I think it was. One of the star case they main evented, and it was pretty awesome. It was good. I mean, they did a pretty decent. I think I think Piper and Hogan. I think Piper did the best as far as a program with Hogan, right? Because they did a good build up for those, and even put him to sleep. Yeah. And when the bagpipes played the first time on Nitro, I did not <laughs> expect it. 
I didn't even know. I had not heard or anything. So when he showed up, it was very out of the blue. Pretty good. Oh, yeah, that was definitely, I mean, just the whole surprise. I mean, you, that was, you just never knew. It was still had the old element. You never knew who was going to show up. Yeah. Oh, come on. You don't think it would have been great if, like, the ring would have filled up with smoke and Piper would have just appeared? Oh, wait a minute. That happened with Delta War, and that's pretty horrible. Wouldn't it? <laughs> but the difference is, is uh, we all kind of had a clue what Roddy Piper was talking about. So, I mean. Yeah. 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 True. That's all right. Way. So, hey, there you go. Bash at the Beach. History. July 7th. Hogan shocks the world. Joins the NWO. Yada, yada, yada. And people wonder why in the last few years he's been labeled the bad guy between his wife and Vince McMahon and everybody else. Come on. He jumped ship. He stopped saying the prayers, the vitamins, and and all that stuff. And he just basically told the the world. yep, Yep, there you go. So... Not to be confused with the finger point of doom. <sighs> so, yet another one of those. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, if you had to mention that earlier, I might would have added that to one of the worst moments. There you go. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys, August 12th, Sweetwater Gym in Thompson, Georgia, Viral Pro Wrestling, Infection 2 Anniversary Show, appearances from Anthony Henry, Indy Darlings, The Ugly Ducklings, White Mike, Chris Maine, Six, and Buff Bagwell. So make sure you go online and check that out. You can get tickets right now. Go to gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com where you can catch this program and other programs as well as news updates on indies, uh, history, all kinds of other stuff as well as upcoming events. And make sure you tune in there Monday for the next episode of GWH TV, where we will once again we will be jumping into what we talked about earlier, Georgia Championship Wrestling with This Is Your Life, Tommy Wildfire Rich. And for those of you that are a little weak in the tummy, you don't have to worry about it. Not featured in this will be Tommy Rich snorting crack off of a teenage hooker's butt crack. It's all good. You don't have to worry about it. Even Kenny J is safe from that, just like he is when he's here, because we're all safe at Mikey's house. Yeah. So, I got all right. Dog. So, Mikey. Yes, sir. You want to say hey? You want to say bye? Hello. Bye. Well, Later, dudes. All right. For Will Wheeler, Michael Garrett, I am, well, I guess for that coffee guy. Um, I'm Stoney, and we will see you next time on GWH TV Talk. Right. History. Fucking like a birthday. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. We'll beat your work for being a little man. Atlanta, GA, Hotlanta, the Freebirds town, man. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. A very spirited crowd here today at the Television Sports Arena. 